the image of you being with someone else while it's eating me up inside. But we ran our course, we pretended we're okay. Now if we jump together, at least we can swim far away from the wreck we made. Then only for a minute, I want to change my mind. Hello, and thank you for joining me. This is Jaded. I am Jody, And that was Marshmallow featuring Bastille. It's called Happier. And I think if you've ever heard the song before, uh, basically he's saying that someone in his life could be happier if he was not in it. And I don't know that any of you have ever felt that way. But I know that I have. Uh, relationships are difficult. Uh, relationships with other adults, relationships with my children, relationships with my adult parents, and relationships with my siblings. I often feel that all of their situations would be better without me because all I bring is pain. Um, that is something I struggle with daily, something that I don't know how to fix. Uh, tonight I am at my friend Nick's house and right now he is currently dealing with his grandson and putting him to bed which is admirable and amazing all in the same sentence. Grandpa taking care of his grandson. Um, I came over here tonight because things have not been great for me lately. Things have not been horrible They've not been great. I am on a new medication. It is called Pristique. And I think while we're talking, I may just Google that because they took me off my antidepressants and my mood stabilizers and they put me on this. And honestly, I can sleep all day. And I feel guilt about it the whole time I'm sleeping, but I can still sleep. And I don't seem to feel those jolts of happiness, those jolts of dance to yourself in the car, which I kind of reveled at, you know, I really, really love my music, I really, really love, I love being happy for no reason, and being bipolar, that happened a lot more erratically and often than I was well, than I was told was supposed to happen, but I also had major depression, de depressive episodes that lasted much longer and were more deeper than any other experience I'd ever heard from another human being, so it was frightening. And now this Pristique has me just flatlining, if you ask me. I have a very flat affect, I am not, I'm not outgoing, I am not positive, though I'm not negative either. I'm just kind of humdrum, just kind of a little melancholy, a little 
you know, you just kind of view life like it. it's sad. It's disappointing. There is no good in it. It's not the major depressives where I'm like, life sucks. I am a horrible person. I shouldn't be here. I don't feel those feelings so much. I just feel a general discontent. And I don't really know where to go with that. Um, it just feels wrong all the time. And I don't know, maybe other people can exist just feeling wrong, but there's something inside me that's churning and burning way back in the tiny recesses of my brain that tell me this isn't right. I'm going to do poos with my grandson. But I, okay. Okay, Nick. But I, I don't honestly know that it's wrong. You know, maybe this is what everybody feels. Maybe everybody feels just a general discontent for everything and, and a general unhappiness. Now, I personally am struggling to find a job. Um, I hate interviews. I honestly hate interviews. I don't like trying to sell myself. I am not one of those who is all about, I will tell you everything about me that's great. I am one of those that says, just give me the time to prove it, and I promise you won't be displeased. And that doesn't seem to go real well in interview situations. And I am struggling. I've also found myself, found myself, that's kind of funny to say because I think most people would disagree that I found myself, especially Nick. Nick would say that I put myself there. But I have found myself in a situation with a gentleman, alcoholic number two, who claims to love me. He says he loves me like I will never know. Uh, he claims I have these great attributes that I don't feel I possess. That there's something great about me that I don't feel. So when he voices these things, when he acts on these things, it makes me recoil. I literally, mentally, physically, and emotionally push away from his acts of love. I, I don't want them. I don't feel worthy of them. And it's not the person I want them from. And maybe that is just a path of self-deconstruction, self-combustion. <laughs> I don't know. But for once, I'm in a situation where love is being offered to me, shown to me, displayed to me, given to me. And I, once again, I can't reciprocate. I don't love him that way. I don't, I don't want to touch him all the time. I don't want him to touch me all the time. I, I don't want him to touch me. I've just got this one person in my head that I'm still stuck on that my heart belongs to, to a person who probably doesn't want it. In fact, for years he told me he didn't want it. And I still tried desperately 
to show him that my love was valuable, that it meant something, that it was worthy. And my inability to accept the love from alcoholic number two is got me a little bit dumbfounded. I mean, maybe the only people I can love are those that can't love me back. Maybe the only people I want are those that will not receive me. And maybe I was just built to push away all of the good love that comes to me. <sighs> Trying to find a job has been difficult. I hate interviews. I hate selling myself. A big part of me just wants to be back at my parents' house making sure that they're okay. But my son is there now, and I can't be there with him. I cannot be there with him. His outward hate and anger is so much more than I can deal with. I've got enough of my own. I love him with all of my heart, and if I could fix his world, I so would. But I've got to fix mine first. And I can't have people like him needing so much for me. Like alcoholic number two. He, he was really, really great this weekend. I got to tell you, he was really great. I'm taking this course through Jordan Peterson called Self-Authoring. If you want to Google him, Jordan Peterson, I'd be proud if anybody did Google him because he's been quite an inspiration to me. And his self-authoring program is intended to help those lost souls who have no goals, no intentions, no ambitions to find a foothold in this world to begin to build themselves to become something great. And oh my God, is that something that I want. I've never had a good sense of self-identity I've never had true ambition. I've simply rolled with the waves. I had children. I became a mother. As a mother, you inspire children. As a partner, well, that failed. I divorced my spouse because he was an abusive alcoholic, and that wasn't something that I felt was going to be positive to me or my children, and I left him despite my parents and my family's not agreeing with that. I did it regardless for my kids because I wanted better for them. And now I'm finding myself in this tailspin where my children are also disappointed in me, where I'm not giving them what they need. And I find when I look true, when I look really, really deep at myself, I'm failing myself. How can I expect my children to grow and learn and be better when I can't even do it myself? Oh, well, you can't. As children, we all need our parents to look up to. And I have to say, I'm, I'm older. I am now in a place where I can look to my father, who I admit I am the most like, because I'm not like my mother. I have feelings. 
I feel, I feel, oh my God, I feel, I feel so big and deep that it takes me over. Whereas my mother seems to just let things flow over her. And I, that is not me. I'm not that person. And my father reacts. My father has a temper. My father insults. My father hurts. And I, I find as I get older that, that I am much more like him than I would like to admit. And in this process of learning about myself, I, I brought this up with Nick today. He said that there are two types of people. There are people who believe there is nothing wrong with them and they have no reason to change. And there are people who believe that they could be better if they changed. And I happen to be that second part. There was nothing about me that I could say was okay. There are things about me that I could say were extraordinary. And that would be my love and desire to raise my children. But there are things that I am lacking, which is strength and backbone to who I am personally. And some would say that you can't be one without the other, and they might be right. But all I've known is all I've done. And I have tried without backbone to support my children, to help them grow, even though I personally don't know how to grow. So that is where I find myself. And Nick is now back in the room. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really sure where to go from here, Nick, so give me just a few minutes to try to... Reel this in, if you would. Nick, can you say hi? Hi, team. How you doing? <laughs> Gotta love the go-to spirit. Um, I come to Nick's quite often because I just need grounding. I need to remember with someone who knows me <sighs> that, I, that I have value, that there is purpose for me being here. And that despite my mistakes, I am okay. And coming to Nick's reminds me of that and reminds me that I deserve love. And though we talk about so many things, another big part of why I come to Nick's is because I may not have a big brain, but he does. And being able to share in that makes me feel knowledgeable, makes me feel resourceful, makes me feel like I'm doing more than just spinning my wheels in the dirt. So, um, we've had a lot to talk about tonight, and I, I'm not even sure where the subject is going to go today, but I know that I have not recorded in a while. I've seen amazing numbers over my podcast, and I, and I really don't know why, because I haven't recorded, and I don't have <coughs> much substance to these recordings. There are a million podcasts you could listen to, and... So many of them have information that benefits you, and so much of mine is internal and probably only helps me. But I do very, very much appreciate Nick's input. And I, I, I guess I will start with this, and maybe Nick can help me with this because he's great about that. But I have a friend named Ed who has been on my podcast a few times. Now, little notes to my listeners... Whenever Ed is on my podcast, he is drunk. And most of the podcasts he's on, he does not remember. Uh, I know. Oh, funny. 
But the thing is, is that we had a discussion the other night and it got very heated, very heated in my trying to explain to him why I do the podcast, what I try to learn from it. And he just wanted to push down my throat that he wanted privacy. He didn't want all of his stuff out there. He didn't want people to know about this. And I try to impress upon him that he has years and years and years of experience trying to raise children, trying to be in a relationship, trying to be a professional man. Like there is so much in his life that he can give to anybody who listens that I think it's, I think it's important. And he shut me down with the whole privacy shit. Jody, I don't care. I don't want people to know about my business. I don't want that out there. And, and it got, it got a little heated folks. It got heated to the point where I was in tears and I left because this podcast is important to me. It may not be important to many people, including Nick. He doesn't listen to it, but I know it's important for him to support me because he does that. And I thought that's what Ed was doing, but Ed backed off and said he does not want to do any more podcasts. I, I don't know what his fear is. Were you upset? I was upset. Well, yeah. Why were you upset? Because my podcast is important to me. Well, it wasn't important to him. I, well, and I didn't understand that. As my friend, why wouldn't you support something I was doing? Well, there's things that you do that, as a friend, I don't support, okay? You don't have to yell. We're just talking. <laughs> what? Okay, but when we talk about podcasts, can you not divert from those subjects? Of course. Of course. I, I, I can have a discussion with you about life, okay? Well, and that's really all I want my podcast to be, is about life. And we may have particular situations that we discuss, but I would like to think that the way we work through them... Or the advice you give me postpartum, maybe, is helpful. Well, I mean, once a situation is dead, it's dead, right? So the postpartum part, that's what I mean. The situation may be dead, but you can help me reflect on what I may have done differently. Postpartum, after you've given birth? Oh, after birth. God damn it. Postmortem. Okay, I meant (laughs) postmortem. And I love you for your intellect, Nick. I do. I love you for your intellect. That yes. was not a stretch. <laughs> Post-mortem. Once things are dead and gone, you can't resurrect them and fix them, but you can analyze them and you can look at how you would do them differently. And that really is the only gift that I have, is looking back and going, what could I do different? Because I can't go back and fix. I can't go back and change. I, cu- I can't go back and do different. All I can do is say... Had I to do this again, I may have done this. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'd rather you worked on my back, if you must. I'd be happy to work on your back. Okay, all right. You, I'll, let you, you, I'll let you do that. Can you do but a podcast while I'm working on your back? We can do a podcast while we're doing a podcast. But, okay. So, Nick, this, all right. I'm going to lead into this, folks. I don't know that I talked about it much, but I'm going to bring it up. I love Jordan Peterson. I think anybody who knows me knows that I am really into Jordan Peterson, who is all about owning your faults, accepting your virtues, working on your strengths, and recognizing your weaknesses and turning them into strengths. All right, so what are your strengths? That's not a portion of the podcast. That's not a portion of the thing I've gone through. (laughs) We can go through my faults if you'd like. 
Because that's the part I've done. No, that's what you focus on. Uh, I was just wondering, what, what are your strengths? Uh, I'm not to that part yet, but my strengths, personally, without knowing his list, my strengths are a desire to do good. Mm -hmm. uh, what does that mean? Desire to... Not cause harm. Not cause harm. Take the path of least harm. Well, no, I'm not a pussy. I'm not going to take the path of least harm. You know me. I might forge through the fire, but I'm going to save the innocent. I most definitely want to... But you, 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 you're admitting to the fact that you take the path of least... You, you do not take the path of least harm. No, I do not. Why not? Because it's not the right one. Too high. It's not the right one. The path of least resistance is just easy. Okay? That's just easy. Life is not supposed to be easy. Path of least resistance is my mother. I'm not going to say anything. I am not going to speak. I'm going to let it be. That is the, pe that is the path of least resistance to me. I will put my hands where my boundaries feel best. But path of least resistance is one who does not speak even though they may see abuse. Even though they may see, see harm. The path of least resistance is shut your mouth and not say anything. That is my mother's toll. Mm -hmm. I absolutely disagree. Now, have I found that taking the path of more resistance is less stressful? No. But does it feel righteous in my heart? Yes. Can I deny righteousness? <laughs> I deny righteousness in my heart? No. And that's my biggest problem. That's my biggest quandary, Nick. And I will read to you because I am not afraid and I don't have anything to lose. Yeah. These texts between my father and I, which, okay. as you know, right. my father yeah, and I do that. not get along great, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But I reached out to my father and I said, I said, <sighs> I said, hi, Dad. I could use your advice. Uh -huh. If you're willing to bestow it, I have grandiose ideas about making my way to Marcos's work to try to reason with him to be more involved with the kids. Are you listening, Nick? Yes, I am. Okay. Do you think not, it's a... I said, do you think it's a foolish endeavor? No. My father said, you can. Don't expect concessions first meeting. Suggest you plant seeds. Ask him to think it over. Make it very short... Then leave before emotions start. Yours especially. My father knows me, right? right? He says, on the other hand, just let things ride and work your way on your own. Under their terms, meaning my children, mm -hmm. back into their lives. Remember, as they get older, you have less and less influence over their lives. Mm -hmm. I said, what type of seeds? Short and sweet is good advice, Dad. I do get emotional. And he says, ask him to simply think it over. Yeah. I said, okay. Advice. I said, okay. It's hard when the feelings inside me are so strong and desperate. I wish I had been blessed with Brett's short and tidy range of emotion. Mm -hmm. And he says, you let those strong feelings... Brett is your brother. Brett is my brother, the uh, officer. That's, that's my, my dad says to me with an exclamation point, you let those strong feelings control you too much. Mm-hmm. He's right. 98% of things that affect us emotionally from outside ourselves... We have absolutely no control of. Are his percentages right? No, I'm just kidding. 
Yes. He says, we must let things roll by and ride the waves. And I said, I wish I could explain to you the depth of the feelings that my emotions bring to me. In fact, I know you experience some of them because whenever I bring up your mom and dad, I see tears come to your eyes. I know you understand strong emotions. I'm saying this to my father. Yes. Okay? You have a personal discussion with him. Yes. I said, I didn't choose to be this way. And believe me, I wish I was not. Uh Uh-huh. I said, that may just be one small area of your life where your emotions get the best of you. I said, but I also see you cry when you talk about Christ. You know who Christ is, right? Jesus. Yes. And I'm saying this to my dad. Uh-huh. I said, some of my emotional depth I know comes from you. In fact, I think a lot of it does. I think so, too. But as science will tell us, men are much able, men are able to compartmentalize much uh-huh. better than Very women. Very good. Very good. Yeah. The feelings you feel when you talk about Christ and family are the same things I feel every day about my own family. Mm-hmm. And he says, most of us are emotional. Yes. Don't forget you're not alone. Yeah. We all must work past feelings that hurt us or others. Mm-hmm. And I said, maybe that's the part I haven't learned yet. Working past feelings. And more instances than not, they tend to control me. I said, how do you shut down the emotional receptors when you know you need to be in control? Mm-hmm. And he says, emotionally turn away. This is my father. Emotionally turn away. Emotionally turn away. That's what he does. That's what he says. But that's what he does. And I said, with what strength? When emotions are in control, I don't feel I have an area that can regulate them. Is it some of your upbringing? I know society does not approve of men having emotions. When I look back at the dark and middle ages, I imagine myself as one of those weak women who is sequestered to her room all day long and given tincture of something for her nerves. Oh, a tincture. Yes. A, tin- uh, a tincture of Adamant. something. Adamant. Well, back in the day, it was a tincture of something. And then, I, and then I asked him, I went Mormon on him, and you, know, you might not know this piece, but I said, is it like President Monson said, just square your soldiers. When difficulty comes along, square your soldiers. Who's your, that? Your shoulders. Who, who said that? President of the Mormon Church. Okay, what's his name? President Monson. He died not too long ago. Hmm. But he said, when hard times come along... Square your shoulders. Was he right? Uh, well, this is my father. My father said, you have it. We all do. Just exercise that muscle, in parentheses, more. For I wouldn't worry about it controlling you. And I said, worry about what controlling me? I said, if you don't know, depression has controlled me since I was 15, Dad. And he goes, I know. Give it a rest tonight. I said. So now he's saying, I've had enough. He's, well, now he's, he's saying, uh, you're, well, I don't know. He's, he's recognizing that I am bringing up an emotion that he can't maybe identify with. But he's acknowledging he that it. He doesn't want to deal with. But no, he, he's, at least I, he's acknowledging I think that he's acknowledging that I have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay. And that's good for me. Yeah. And then I told him, Kyler just called, blah, blah, blah. And it went from there. But I sought my father out for advice, Nick, which I don't usually do. Mm-hmm. And as you said, I it was kind of sound advice, right? Yes. You, you would agree with that? It sounded pretty solid to me. Okay. I, I, I think he, he was very sage in his recommendations. And I think he... Did a good job. Well, and I and I, I'm sorry, but I pat myself on the back to 
for well, going be... to him honestly and openly yeah. and not being afraid of what he would say uh -huh. and yeah. what he said didn't make me feel terrible. Hmm. Yeah. Right? Right. And those are good and things. And he's your dad. Oh, yeah. He, he is my dad. And, well, and you know what? <laughs> what? Just taking into consideration what's going on now with Luna and Hazel. Okay. She, they have never had a relationship with their mother. Ever. Oh, gosh. Ever. Oh, gosh. She's now lying, dying in Luna's house. Okay? Right, which is crazy. And I'm going to take a break because I have to pee. So hold on, folks. Okay, that was quicker than Nick might have liked. But we're done with the peeing part. Um, we're back to the... Nick has two daughters. He has an ex named Yolanda, who he was... He met and married in Spain? Italy. 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 Yep. And... He's off the boat Italian. Off the boat Italian. Um, and she is... Well, let's be frank. She is letting herself die. Right? Or, or how old no. would you... She, why don't you sum it up? All right. Tomorrow she's 67. Which is not old. No, not by old. By any means. She has a heart valve problem. She has congestive heart failure. Okay. Her lungs are filling with fluid. There's no way they can repair it. And so she's going to die. She's in hospice. Okay, let me ask you before you go on. Is that, is that definitely fatal? Yes. She's There's nothing she, she can do. No, it's terminal. Terminal by how many years? Maybe a couple weeks. You're shitting me. No. You mean she's really dying? She's dying. Yeah. Even with modern technology? Yeah. No, there's nothing. 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 She's in hospice. They're giving her morphine. <laughs> morphine to sedate her. But your daughter was telling me that... That... Oh, okay. Your daughter... One of your daughters was telling me that when she's there, she requires... This type of vegan diet, this type of blah, 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 blah. But when, when this daughter leaves, she begins to eat whatever the hospital gives her. So your daughter feels like like she's just intentionally making your daughter suffer. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that. Well, you listen know, to I, that, though. But, what does but, that say her, to you? Her, her sister came from uh, Italy yes. the other day. Big deal. And Italy. We, yeah. went, we went to uh, buy stuff at uh, Sprouts and... Not Trader uh, Joe's. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we went to, you know, um, Whole Foods, Whole Paycheck, and, uh, you know. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, and, and bought all this, uh, and she says, oh, I want that, but then she won't eat it. She's all five foot five and 90 pounds. She has a hole the size of a tennis ball on her tailbone. Which is a bed sore, which a is a sore, wound. Right. Which, which she just allows to which, fester. And she's in diapers. Well, she can't even walk now. You no, said she, she has can't no walk. strength. She, she has even, no strength. She, she, she's in she diapers. She can't even ambulate. She's pooping in diapers because she can't go to the bathroom, or get off the, out of the bed to go to the bathroom. And the poop is going into her wound. Nick. And, you know, I mean, this is bad. I mean, she's. Okay, you. you nursed someone through this last stage of life. Why would you encourage your daughters to do the same? <laughs> I, <laughs> it's is that a good question? Yeah, I think it is a good question. I wouldn't encourage anybody to do this, but what are you going to do? She's their mother. 
and, and the person I, I, I nursed through this Was shit the with, love of your was life. Was the love of my life, okay? So you do it because that's what you do. You but know? we've had many talks where you if, you, you... if you If this happened to you, I would nurse you through the end of your life. You know? I mean, you know, that's but what But it was horrible do. for you. Of course it was. How, how, it's horrible to watch your best friend die. It's horrible. it's horrible, or your mother, them, or your mother, or your mother, or your father. You didn't watch your mother die that way. No, my mother dropped dead. My father dropped dead, so it wasn't like a big long thing, you know. Okay, so in reflection. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, but in reflection, if you had been able to nurse your parents to their death, would that have been easier? My mother was an alcoholic. She, no, no, no. I asked you a straight question. If what? you had been able to nurse your parents to their no, death... No, I would not have wished that upon anybody. Then why upon your daughters? Um, why not encourage no, them... No, you know what? Because while I nursed my lover, Ellen, through the last year of her life, I discovered a whole new level of love that I never thought I was capable of. Okay? Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I really did not ever realize that I could be capable of you that grew. amount of love. You I grew. I, it was a growth in my love, in my heart. And your ability. And my your... ability to nurture and my ability to take another human being and be there for them and, and totally be there for them. You know, I mean, you're wiping their ass from the shit off their ass and you're, you know, you're stumbling to get them into the shower and you're... You know, and finally, finally, after, you know, a whole year of this, you know, they go to hospice and die one day later, okay? I mean, they're, they're, it opened me up to a whole new level of how you can love a person, all right? Okay. And how deeply you can love a person. Uh, there's no more bullshit love, you know? Not at that point. No. No. Now I have the experience of no bullshit love. If I love you, that's uh, what that's what it means. That, that's what I fucking love you. That's what it means. And it, it, I never thought that I could love like I did during that period of time. So do you think that this will allow your daughters to have that same experience? I think so too, because they have never had a great relationship with their mother. They need to have this. They need to experience. This isn't this. great, though. You said no, they never no, had a great no, one. No. This isn't great. No, but still, it's, it's their, great it's in their self. mother. It's, it's their great mother. in self. They get to say goodbye to their mother. And you never. Their mother may may not have been the best person in the world. Okay. None Maybe, of us are. None of us are. I mean, right? But they get to stay there, and stand guard over her passing. And that's what they're doing. And that's important. That's really important. That is important. So, and as she passes, they get to say goodbye. Do you have any desire whatsoever to try to reconnect with Yolanda? Now that she's here and so close? I love Yolanda. I know you do. She was my first wife. I know. She's the mother of my children. Do you have okay? any desire to reconnect with her before she passes? Well, I already have. Have I, you? I, I gave her a hug the other day, you know. I told her I love her, you know. Is this hard for you? Not at all. What? What the fuck? How do you say not at all? No, it's not. Because I do. That's my truth. That's my authenticity. 
you may always, uh, always love Marcos. Marcos. I will. Always. I will. You'll never, you know, and if she was on his deathbed, you would always love him. I would. No matter who you were married to or who you were in love with at the time, you would always love Marcos. But my personality would be would be to run and, and do the same as your daughters were doing and try to be there for every passing moment. How is that not your ambition? It's not because... You cut those ties long no, ago? No, I, 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 I was over there the other day. I said my piece, and I'll go back there again, and I'll say my piece. What do you I mean might, by I say might, your piece? What is well, this? you get up close to this dying person. And she's truly dying. And you say, look, I love you. I said, te amo. Yolanda, te amo. O sempre te amato. Means I always loved you. It's very beautiful. All right. And I said, you know, tu stai per diventare un angelo. You know, an angel. It's very beautiful. And... I said, no matter what, and you have to forget everything bad that has come between us. And go from here. And go from here. The bottom line is, you are the mom of my children, and I love you. And I will miss you, no matter what. And I told her that. I was very final. I will miss you. Yeah. Basically, you're saying goodbye. Basically saying goodbye. And I'll go back again until she dies. Which may not be uh, <laughs> like two weeks. You know? Oh, two weeks is not yeah. very long. No. I mean, is that really all that you believe she has left? Yeah. Yeah, she's in bad shape. There's nothing she could do to nothing. change that clock? The surgeons all said no. You know, we're not going to repair that heart. Could be two, two weeks, could be three weeks, a month. So do you think your daughters took this on knowing it was her final? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, That's yeah. a big... Yeah. Is there a way that you can be there? I mean, you may not know this answer, but is there a way to be there for your daughters through this that is supportive but not... When I come over there and I, you know, get up close to her, my daughters are rejuvenated. They... they, they you know, they feel better. While you are life walking so through the I'm, door. So I'm doing that, you know. And her sister's there from Italy. Her sister's going T -T. crazy. Titi. She's going crazy. No, you know? Titi's I mean, been crazy. <laughs> yeah, she's been we crazy. already explained her life. Yeah. She's... You know? So... But she only speaks in, uh, Italian. So, so Titi's I, uh, watching her younger sister die. Yeah. No, her older sister. Older? Oh. What's interesting is her... her Brother died last year, and her other brother died two years ago, both in their 60s. How many siblings are there? Uh, there's just Titi, Yolanda, Johnny, and uh, Pino, four. And Johnny and Pino are gone. Yeah. So now there's Yolanda going, so Titi will be left alone. Yeah. With her and miserable life. And she has life. a paraplegic kid at home. Yeah. Paraplegic who's now probably in his 40s. Yeah. Right? Right. No life. Her husband hates her. So that leaves Titi as a big heiress. There's nothing to there's nothing to heir. Oh, there's not. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't know. I. <coughs> no, there's nothing to there's no heiress. So Titi's lived in Italy, 
not, I mean, they bought a via. I mean, is a that villa, not, a villa? A villa. Is yeah. that not money? Is that not wealth? Is that not... Well, she and her husband have wealth, but she hasn't slept with her husband for 20 years. That doesn't matter. And, when you and, die, but, it doesn't but, matter if you, you slept know, with him. Yeah, I mean, he's 10 years older than she is. And several, He'll probably several die. affairs She'll be, You know, she takes care of herself. But she revealed to me the other day, which nobody knows about, that she has cancer in her mouth. Oh, God, don't go there. Yeah. I found a lump in my mouth. She has cancer in her mouth. mouth. I have a lump in my mouth that I found. That is, it doesn't move. Could be a tumor. Could be. It doesn't move. It doesn't hurt. But yeah, it's well, round. Well, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. But she has she has oral cancer. She has oral is cancer. Is she treating it? Not yet. How it, did she it, find it? It was just discovered. Yikes. And she's how old? 60? 62. 62. I mean, a lot of us die. That, that, that oral cancer is not commonly fatal. <laughs> All right? Good. That's good to know. Yeah. So, I don't know. No, it just means you lose half but, your face. But I'm just... I mean, Summarizing all this, right, right. It's just a freaking circus, okay? Of of dying and death and and, and children who are who have never known their mother and uh, sisters who are overfunctioning and uh, you know, I, it's just like, oh my God, you know, it's just like, yeah, my first wife is dying. And she's younger, than, or she's older than you. She's older than me. Two years. A and, year and, and you are healthy as an ox. I mean, <laughs> considering considering your well, filterless camels and yeah. uh, your lifestyle, you are healthy yeah. as an ox yeah. for your age. Yeah. And you've got all of your mental attributes there. Yeah. Like, Nick, you are, you are five years younger than my mother, yeah. right? But I watch my mother every day walk from one room to another and forget what she was doing, what she needed to get. Yeah. What she, you know, and I suffer that myself, and I'm in my 40s. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm still... Maybe you suffer from those, you just don't voice them. No, Do you, no, I really don't have that. You don't walk into a room and go, what did I come in here for? No, I just walked into a room with my uh, grandson, and we had a pooch fight. And we fought, we fought. What the hell is a yeah. pooch fight? A pooch fight pooch. was you... When you tackle, he tackles me, and then I punch him, and he punches me, and I punch him. And I thought it was rough and tumble play. We're just punching each other, punching each other. It's He's rough like, and tumble you know, play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we did that for like 10 That's minutes. That's what boys do, yeah. yes. And then he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's punching me, he hit me hard. And I said, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got you better. And then I grabbed his wrist and I cranked it. He said, oh, oh he's crying. <laughs> and then he hit me with it. He hit me with his fist. Oh, shit. And he was like faking it. And then he's like, <laughs> You're like, oh, you punk. You thought you had him good. Yeah, yeah. And he came at you with a And I squeezed his thighs and he's like punching me. And, I, you know, and so we did that and that's what we did before the bed and he went to bed, you know. And, and do you know how many people would be object to that? When I think that is the greatest thing on earth, that is what boys do. We need to fight. We need to rough and tumble. We need to establish rank. But there are people who are afraid of that. Yeah. that you know, that is, that's violent. That, uh, violent. Yeah, we were being violent. Is, we yeah, were how dare punching you? each other. How out. dare you? We're grandpa. He was like, uh. <laughs> I think that kind of rough and tumble fight is necessary. Yeah, right. And And you're right. It probably bore him out. Yeah, right? he's asleep. You, he's like, good night, grandson. But he had to do that. You know, he had, 
He, he said, Grandpa, we don't, we haven't done a pooch fight in a long time. A pooch fight. And then I rolled up my sleeves and I said, <laughs> Okay, boy. Let's go. Let's go. He says, but I don't want to do it in my bed. I want to do it in your bed. And he tackled me in my bed. You oh. know, he wants to tackle me. Yes. He tackled me. And then we like... You probably let him, right? You let him. Yeah, right, he, get uh, me. yeah. And then I hate. I grab his arms, and he's like, "No!" And then I punch him, and I punch him, and I punch him, and, he's like, yeah. and then he's punching me, and he's like, <laughs> and he's just this tiny little version of you, right? And yeah. you're like, "Come on, fight as hard as you want, little guy." Yeah, he's twelve years old. So yeah, but I would not want my life to be without that. I agree. And I think lives without that are missing something. Yeah, I, I want that in my life because someday when he's older, he's gonna remember when I was a young, when I was twelve. Me and my grandpa, we used to pooch fight all the time, and he might be doing it with his kids. Well, and he might remember <laughs> yeah. that yeah. you know I might be small, and there not might not be a lot of me, but you know what? I will take on something bigger yeah. and older it's, than me because yeah. I can. Right. Like that gives a sense of self confidence. Yeah. I think. I think that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I really, 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 I really do like that, and you get that in families. You get that in families where you've got other siblings you know, brothers mm -hmm. or sisters to fight or contend with. The, life really is all about fighting for rank. Mm -hmm. And at some point, uh, I don't know, if you don't, if you've never had that fight, it can oh. be a difficult concept to grasp. But I think that ultimately that is what human beings do. Mm -hmm. we, we fight for rank. We fight for strength. We fight for power. Ultimately, there's going to be a fight somewhere. And if you don't have a fight in, in your life, then you are missing out. Mm -hmm. But those fights can be found in many different ways. They can be found not just in physical fights between a grandpa and a grandson. They can be found <coughs> with just trying to identify yourself. They can be fights with friends just to identify yourself. That can be fought with strangers trying to identify yourself in politics trying to identify yourself in, in the world. It's, it's just a sense that nobody is like you are and you have to fight for yourself against something. Well, then he, he said, Grandpa, you going to tap out? Oh. <laughs> right, so I hit the, hit, the, hit the bed, right? Tapping. Tap, tap I'm it. tapping. He says, okay, I won. Oh. <laughs> I, I know I could have whooped his ass. That, let's see, it. that's a nice, kind grandpa thing to do. Because that's an MMA fighting thing. I love to see the guys tap out. Like, if they've got your leg in a lock and you know no. if you don't tap out, they're going to fucking snap your bones. No, and he felt, you like, tap out. he felt like he won. And you were kind enough to let him do that. So he went to bed exhausted but yeah. feeling like a winner. Yeah. And now he's asleep. Now he's asleep as a winner. And that's pretty amazing. Pretty I know, amazing. That was really funny. The things we do for our kids and our grandkids. Yeah, but how many dads do that? How many grandpas do that? I mean, not no, enough. No, no. Yeah. Not enough, Nick. Not yeah. nearly enough. Mm -hmm. Not nearly enough. And I appreciate anybody who's been listening. And I apologize that I am not a formal podcast with a whole <coughs> bunch of stuff to learn. That it's probably really erratic and oftentimes emotional. As my father says, I am too emotional and I believe that I am I feel things much too strongly and they seem big enough to move the world in my head so I love and appreciate people like Nick who let kids explore their anger explore their strengths explore 
all of those things that make them feel good about themselves and in the end let them feel good. So I do appreciate you listening. This is Jaded. I am Jody, and I'm here with my good friend Nick. Hey! Thanks for listening.